Welcome to Front Office Pros. We are back in giving out our report cards for the NFC teams. Our last video, we gave report cards out for all of the AFC teams. Now we're gonna be talking about the NFC teams. Before we get started, we want you to put in the comments below, which NFL NFC conference team do you think has had the best offseason so far? Hut, hut, hike! All right, so we are first going to be starting with the NFC East, the Philadelphia Eagles, the representative Super Bowl team from the NFC that lost. Uh, they had a lot of moves that, that took place for this team. Uh, some key additions for them, uh, they were able to sign cornerback James Bradbury, retain cornerback Darius Slay, re-sign center Jason Kelsey, Resigned defensive tackle Fletcher Cox, re-signed defensive end Brandon Graham, signed quarterback Marcus Mariota to be their new backup, and running back Rashad Penny. Uh, some key departures for them. They lost safety C.J. Gardner-Johnson, defensive tackle Javon Hargrave, running back Miles Sanders, offensive tackle Andre Dillard, interior offensive lineman Isaac Ciamalo, linebacker T.J. Edwards, and linebacker Kaiser White. Some other notable players that remain unsigned are defensive end Robert Quinn, defensive tackle Nodama Kansu, and defensive tackle Limbaugh Joseph. So, Joe, what grade do you give the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, I'm giving them a C plus. You know, a lot of their additions were re-signs, and they were key re-signs. You know, it's big for them to get Bradbury and Darius Slay back. Jason Kelsey deciding not to retire and come back was a huge move for them. But, you know, I was just disappointed that they didn't end up bringing C.J. Gardner-Johnson back and figuring out a way to get that contract done. I mean, he was on a, you know, he ended up going on a cheap deal to the Lions, you know, for one year, prove it deal. You know, I would have given him a higher grade had they done that. Then, you know, Rashad Penny signing is was a little confusing to me. You know, I, he's just an injury-riddled guy to sign him. You know, they they lose Miles Sanders. Just kind of interesting to see what the Eagles are doing. Yeah, for me, I gave them a B-, and honestly, the reason why is because they just had so many players available, and I think they did a pretty good job with keeping a good portion of them. Like you mentioned, they lost C.J. Gardner-Johnson. That's a big loss. They lost both linebackers in TJ Edwards and Kaiser White. Both had really good years. Uh, and they lost uh, Isaac Ciamalo, who was who did really well for them last season, and running back Miles Sanders. So, I mean, <laughs> there were a lot of losses. Anytime you go to the Super Bowl, you could possibly expect this type of loss. But for them to be able to kind of retain some of their core players that they've really had for years in Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, and Brandon Graham, I thought that was really great. They kept their corners in Bradbury and Slay, uh, which were probably one of the best cornerback duos in the entire league. So I think that they weathered the storm pretty well, and that's why I gave them a B-. minus. It'll be interesting because they do have some players that they drafted last year that I have to think they're hoping will step up coming into you know year two. You know, you've got linebacker Nicobe Dean. He was basically redshirted last year. Uh, he now has a clear shot at being the starting linebacker with um, both of the other guys now gone. 
We had defensive defensive tackle Jordan Davis as well. Now Javon Hargrave is gone. Could expect him to have more of a full-time role. Wasn't as involved as I, I thought he might be. And then you also have got that, I believe, Cam Jurgens off interior offensive lineman. They had talked about him being the replacement for Kelsey, but you know, Kelsey had such a great year last year and he's still there. So he probably goes into guard and now is going to play for CMO. So they have a couple rookies that they drafted last year that will be able to kind of plug up those holes. Uh, but you know, they are, you know, not proven yet. So just because they were high draft picks doesn't mean that they're going to do you know well for them. But I think overall they did a pretty good job. Yeah, they definitely did. And, you know, as you mentioned, losing players when you make a Super Bowl is expected. They just didn't seem to have a good backup plan for losing Gardner Johnson. That's where, you know, I was I, – I get the other positions they have depth at, but that's the one player. And then they, you know, they also lost Marcus Epps as well. So, you know, I feel like uh, he would have been good to get him back last year. And he left the league in interceptions last year at the position too. Yeah, one guy I think I forgot to mention that list. They also signed safety Terrell Edmonds, so maybe he'll try to replace those safeties. But you're right, losing two starting safeties with Epps and Gardner Johnson, they're going to have to address that position in the draft. So going over to the Dallas Cowboys, the Cowboys tagged running back Tony Pollard. They traded for wide receiver Brandon Cooks and cornerback Stephon Gilmore. They were able to re-sign safety Donovan Wilson, linebacker Leighton Van Der Esch, defensive end Dante Fowler, and quarterback Cooper Rush. They also signed running back Ronald Jones. Uh, some notable departures for them, they lost tight end Dalton Schultz, interior offensive lineman Connor McGovern, and wide receiver Noah Brown. And some notable players that remain unsigned, uh, they released running back Ezekiel Elliott, and they have cornerback Anthony Brown, both of them still free agents. So, Joe, what grade do you give the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, I'm giving the Cowboys a, a B for their, you know, offseason moves. Um, you know, obviously tagging Tony Pollard was huge for them, especially since, you know, they uh, released Ezekiel Elliott, and it's going to be nice to see him take over the leadership role there. Um, you know, they trade traded for Brandon Cooks. I thought that was a pretty interesting move, seeing how they have Gallup, and I feel like they're similar players. Um Stephon Gilmore, I, I, you know, he had a pretty good year with the Colts last year. I actually like that acquisition for him, especially after losing Anthony Brown. Um, you know, and then they were able to get uh, bring back Van Der Esch and Dante Fowler too. So, I mean, they haven't done anything. Uh, they haven't, like, signed, like, real big-name players. Um, but I feel like they've had a solid offseason so far. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of – I was teetering between giving them a B – uh, but I ultimately gave them a B plus. I think part of the reason why I did was I think adding Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore via trade, I think, uh, you know, that veteran leadership they're going to bring into this team, I think could really help. CD Lamb had a great year last year, uh, but I definitely think they could have used a stronger supporting cast around him. I know there was much scrutiny about them trading away Amari Cooper because of cap reasons. Uh, now Cooks isn't, Amari Cooper, but I definitely think Cooks brings a new element to that offense that is, you know, very much needed. And then for Gilmore, I don't know how much more he has left in the tank, but, you know, having him and Trayvon Diggs as corners, uh, starting corners, I think that's going to be a good pairing for them. So we'll have to see. Um, I was a little surprised that they cut Zeke. Uh, you know, he's beloved by Jerry Jones. I didn't think they would end up doing that. I'm not a huge Ronald Jones fan 
Uh, I think they're going to have to address this position because Tony Pollard has never had over 200 carries and he just, you know, broke his leg. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think that's reasonable for him to carry that whole workload next year. I know some fantasy managers want that to be the case. I just don't think it's realistic, especially when you hear, and who knows if we should take this as truthful or not, uh, but you hear Mike McCarthy saying he wants to run the football. So, Yeah, I'll, I'll believe Mike McCarthy running the football when I see it, but I do think they're going to end up addressing the running back position in the draft. Um, you know, I think them releasing Zeke was a smart move. Just that's a lot of money to pay a guy that you basically just use around the goal line. You know, um, that's he's just kind of that short yardage back at this point. The New York Giants were able to tag running back Saquon Barkley, sign quarterback Daniel Jones to a long-term extension, trade for tight end Darren Waller. They signed linebacker Bobby Okariki, signed wide receiver Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard, and then signed wide receiver Paris Campbell. Some notable departures for them, offensive lineman Nick Gates and safety Julian Love. And then some notable players that remain unsigned. Uh, they released wide receiver Kenny Galladay. So, Joe, what grade do you give the New York Giants? Yeah, Steve, I'm giving the Giants an A-. minus. You know, I really like how they were, you know, what they did with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, figuring out a way to get both of them back. You know, that was huge. And then they've gone out and traded for tight end Darren Waller. We'll see if he can rebound after a disappointing year last year, but he's, you know, proved himself to be one of the top tight ends in the league with the Raiders. And then I really like them bringing in Okereke, a linebacker. You know, he's really talented, makes a lot of plays for the Colts last year. Um, he's a good addition to that defense. But the one area, you know, that really could have got me possibly to that A-plus range was if they did something differently with this wide receiver room. That You know, they bring back two existing guys that they have. I do like Slayton, but Shepard's just not available enough. You know, Paris Campbell's interesting, but he's also a guy that's had his injury troubles as well for the Colts. Yeah, I also gave the Giants an A minus, and I really like what they did. Being able to keep Saquon Barkley on the tag and, and making that trade for Darren Waller, you know, I, I think that he's going to have a rebounded year this year with the Giants. So they'll be the number one target for Daniel Jones. And so I think bringing a guy like Waller was necessary. They needed a big body target for that offense. So I'm excited to see, you know, what Brian Dable has cooked up. Uh, for Darren Waller as far as their game plan, uh, you know, it, going forward. I also like Bobby Okariki as well, or Okereke. We we have to figure out what the way to say that. But uh, he's a great linebacker. Giants have had desperate need for a linebacker for quite some time. He's going to fit in really nicely. Uh, you know, they had Jalen Smith, you know, as their starting linebacker, you know, some of last year. And, you know, he was a good player at one time, but there was a reason why he was cut by the Cowboys. So, uh, I think he's going to really just help that defense immensely. The thing that I, for the reason why I didn't give them an A or an A plus is I just didn't like that Daniel Jones extension. You know, I understand uh, it's a quarterback league and, you know, Daniel Jones had a great year with Dayball and, and could this just be the you know tip of the iceberg for him? But I just think the amount they paid for him was way too much. I know they can get out of it. Uh, and, you know, who knows? I think eventually they're going to have to address the quarterback position. But uh, to me, I, I just I, I would not have given them that extension. And I, I think that's a mistake by them. Yeah, I disagree. I don't I don't think that the uh, extension was that bad. I mean, given how much the, 
you know, number was for the franchise tag. And then, you know, even say they want to franchise them next year, you know, that number goes up by 120% once you tag them again. So I actually didn't think the 40 million was that bad considering the cap number was 32 million this year. And, you know, we don't really know what, you know, it only go up from there next year as well. And like you said, they can get out of that extension. So I, I didn't really have a problem with the way they structured that. The Washington Commanders uh, were able to re-sign defensive tackle Deron Payne to a long-term deal. They signed offensive tackle Andrew Wiley, quarterback Jacoby Brissett uh, to be a backup to possibly Sam Howell as their starter, offensive lineman Nick Gates, and linebacker Cody Barton. Some departures for them, linebacker Cole Holcomb and quarterback Taylor Heineke. And some notable players that remain unsigned, uh, they released quarterback Carson Wentz, running back J.D. McGissick, and linebacker John Bostic. So, Joe, what grade do you give the Washington Commanders? Yeah, you know, I'm giving the Commanders a B-plus for their offseason moves, Steve. I know you're kind of uh, scratch your head on this one for the Commanders, but I just like, you know, they haven't done anything, like, huge. But being able to bring back Deron Payne was uh, big for this team. And then I actually like them bringing in Jacoby Brissett. He's just a solid backup quarterback in the league, and he's shown that he can – you know, hold the ship and win games for you when, when called upon. And Cody Barton, I really like, he, he's a guy that uh, played really well last year with the Seahawks flew all over the field. You know, you, you were questioning this, but I just like what they've done. They kind of just, you know, shirt up offense and defensive side of the ball um, depth wise. And it's nothing flashy, but it's a solid off season for the commanders. Yeah, I definitely don't feel the same way you do on this one. I gave them a C grade. Uh, you know, I just feel like they are competing with the rest of this division. And, you know, you could say the Eagles got worse, but they kind of offset that. I think they counterbalanced it. But the other teams, Dallas and New York, definitely got better. Washington was, you know, kind of looking on the outside in, not making the playoffs last year. So this is a competitive division based on 2022 season. So I like they were able to keep Deron Payne. I think that that's a definite win, but I just feel like they should have done more and they didn't do more, you know, and, you know, I like linebacker Cody Barton, but I think linebacker Cole Holcomb is better and they let Cole Holcomb walk. So for me, I just feel like they, they, they kind of stayed the same or possibly regressed. I mean, they, you know, it's, it's a chase right now uh, to be the top of the NFC East and they really did nothing. The one thing I do like, and that's the reason why I didn't give them even worse grade is I like Eric Bieniemy coming in as assistant coach and offensive coordinator. You know, I know there is a lot of um, fanfare as to why he hasn't been given a head coaching job and all that. I won't get into that, but what I will say is I think that it will be a great opportunity for him to really run that offense. They've got some pieces, but not as good a pieces as Kansas City. I think he is going to be in line to be a head coach at some point, possibly even after the season. Uh, but I think uh, I think it's going to be a good thing for both both uh, the, you know Bienemy and the team. Yeah, definitely. That I I, for, I forgot about Bienemy, but he was another reason, big reason I gave them a B plus. And then you know they go out and shirt off and shirt up the offensive line for him and you know it'll be exciting to see what what plays he's going to draw up for that offense so heading over to the nfc north uh, the minnesota vikings key additions they signed defensive end marcus davenport cornerback byron murphy was able to re-sign running back alexander madison and center garrett bradbury 
some notable departures for them. They lost defensive tackle Delvin Tomlinson, wide receiver Adam Thielen, quarterback Patrick Peterson, and linebacker Eric Kendricks, and tight end Irv Smith. And there really are no notable players that remain unsigned. So, Joe, what grade do you give the Minnesota Vikings? Yeah, giving them a B minus. You know, I really like the addition they brought in uh, with Marcus Davenport and uh, Byron Murphy should be a big upgrade for them too with their with the secondary that you know was absolutely horrible last year and definitely needed some reconfiguring. Um, you know, I, he's a younger player and he plays really good man to man defense. And then, you know, be, being able to bring back uh, Madison for running back del- depth for De- Delvin Cook. You know, there was rumors about them possibly trading him. We'll see what happens. And then being able to retain Garrett Bradbury was uh, pretty big for them as well. Yeah, I wasn't as favorable as you your grade was. I gave them a C plus. And to me, the reason why is I feel like the talent they're letting walk out the door uh, is a lot better than what they're bringing in. You know, I, I think Eric Hendricks has been a mainstay for them. Maybe they believe that uh, linebacker Brian Asamoah is ready to step in and be that starter. Uh, and if they think that, then they've got to do what they believe is best. But, you know, Thielen has been a big-time um, talent for them, you know, local to Minnesota. Um, you know, I think he probably would have been willing to take a pay cut decided just to move away from him. Uh, they really need to bring other talent in besides Justin Jefferson. He's really like the one man show. I mean, I know they have KJ Osborne, but they're going to have to address that position in the draft. Uh, I do like Byron Murphy a lot. Um, that secondary is, is not good, uh, but they did also lose Patrick Peterson. So, and what isn't being mentioned here is Zadarius Smith looms large, right? So uh, there was some posting that he was ready to leave, and there was like, well, no, we're not cutting him. But it seems like he's going to be I, – I, I mean, maybe they'll figure something out, but it's definitely a strong possibility he's not with the team either. So they do a one-year approval deal with Marcus Davenport, but there's no guarantee that he's going to be able to recreate the production uh, that Zadarius Smith has done for them. Yeah, you know, I don't really have as big a problem with their departures just because a lot of those players are older. I think it's honestly could work out for them to move on and it's time to get some, you know, new energy and some young blood into that team that desperately needs it. The Detroit Lions signed safety C.J. Gardner-Johnson, running back David Montgomery, cornerback Cameron Sutton was able to re-sign linebacker Alex Anzalone, defensive tackle John Kaminsky, and signed quarterback Emmanuel Mosley and wide receiver Marvin Jones. Some key departures for them were running back Jamal Williams and wide receiver DJ Chark, and some notable players that remain unsigned as defensive tackle Michael Brockers. So, Joe, I know you like the Lions, so what grade did you give them? Yeah, I do like the Lions, uh, Steve. You know, Dan Campbell, they're just an exciting young team. I love the uh, passion and energy they play with. And I think they've done some really good things this offseason. I'm going to give them an A for what they've done. You know, bringing in uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, really love that move, especially they got him a lot cheaper than I thought they could on a one-year prove-it deal. You know, I think uh, David Montgomery is a nice uh, depth piece to have at running back because you can't really rely on Swift. I know that meant, you know, moving on from Jamal Williams, who I also liked, but um, Montgomery could give you a little more. And then – uh, Emmanuel Mosley was a great signing for the secondary as well at, at corner. I really like that move. 
Yeah, I gave the Lions an A minus. I think they've done a really good job this offseason. I'm with you. Bringing in safety CJ Gardner Johnson is a great addition to that secondary. Should help them out immensely. And I, I do, you know, it's going to be hard seeing Jamal Williams go. I mean, he just was the epitome of that Lions team last year and all those touchdowns. Um, I think he was going to be in for regression no matter what anyways. But David Montgomery can definitely handle the load. And, and Montgomery is able to not only run the rock, but he's a much better pass catcher than Jamal Williams is. So to me, I think this, you know, David Montgomery addition, I think could be really good for this team. Uh, so I don't think they'll lose a step. If anything, they actually will probably add another aspect to their offense that they didn't have before. Uh, you know, with DJ Chark going, um, I, I do like Chark, but you got to hope that Jamison Williams takes that step next year. They've got him on Ross St. Brown. Uh, so overall, I think to me, they're, they're big additions. I was really happy with. Yeah, definitely. It, you know, I'm de- it'll without DJ Chark there, the, the wide receiver room is a little crowded. It's going to be really interesting to see how Jamison Williams does now that he's kind of, they've kind of cleared a path for him and a route to more snaps on the field. The Green Bay Packers decided to add basically nobody <laughs> of note to talk about. Uh, they have let wide receiver Alan Lazard uh, leave in free agency, as well as defensive tackle Jerron Reed, tight end Robert Tunyon, and interior defensive lineman Dean Lowry. Not to mention that the Aaron Rodgers saga looms large, uh, and we believe he will be traded uh, to the New York Jets, uh, but the Packers and the Jets are playing a good game of chess uh, and we're trying to figure out who what's going to happen here. So uh, Aaron Rodgers is the hostage right now. And some notable players that remain unsigned for them are safety, Adrian Amos wide receiver, Randall Cobb and kicker Mason Crosby. So Joe, what grade do you give the green Bay Packers? Yeah, you know, I'm giving them a D minus. You know, I feel like they've really just botched this Aaron Rodgers thing. They're letting it drag on for forever here. And then essentially it feels like they're just letting him hold them hostage still because they really, like you mentioned, haven't added anybody. And I feel like the whole Aaron Rodgers thing has, you know, something to do with it. But, you know, if you're going to lose Aaron Rodgers, I mean, got to make some moves. This team's got to get better unless, um, you know, they just don't plan on being that competitive with Jordan Love this year. You know, I don't really know. But, um, yeah, I would be really disappointed with this offseason if I was a Packers fan. Yeah, I, I gave the Packers a C-. minus. I was close to giving them a lower grade, but I think some of the reasons why I did was I, I know the Packers aren't big players in free agency. I think maybe one year they made big splashes, but normally they're not a big player, so I'm not that surprised. There are teams that just are not free agency players. I do think it was a good move by them to have some restraint and not sign Alan Lazard to the contract that the Jets gave him. I think that was an overpayment. So I think that was wise by them. And I think at the end of the day, the reason why I gave them this C- minus is I am expecting Aaron Rodgers to get traded and I'm expecting them to get some sort of return. And although I think they have botched it and I think they could have done this a lot better, um, I do somewhat commend them to kind of passing the baton to Jordan Love. They drafted him with a first-round pick. He's been waiting you know, for this opportunity. And I'm not sure if he'll be any good, but at this point, Rodgers is getting you know, closer to retirement and it's just been a nightmare these past few seasons. So, you know, give Jordan Love the keys to the car. Hopefully you get a first round pick. If not, maybe you get multiple seconds or something 
and, and try to you know reimagine what these what this Packers team will look like. So at the end of the day, I gave him a C minus, but in the event this Rogers trade doesn't go down, we're looking more into the D territory for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, they'll definitely get a first round pick in this Aaron Rodgers deal. I mean, I think partial of the holdup was they've been asking for you know two first round picks, but there there's no way they're trading Rodgers without getting at least a you know one first round pick in the mix. The Chicago Bears have had a busy offseason. Uh, of note, their biggest move was you know trading out of the number one overall pick uh, with the Carolina Panthers, and in exchange uh, got a boatload of picks as well as wide receiver DJ Moore. They also signed linebacker Tremaine Edmonds and linebacker TJ Edwards. Interior defensive lineman Demarcus Walker, offensive lineman Nate Davis, quarterback PJ Walker to be a backup for Justin Fields, running back Deonta Foreman, and tight end Robert Tunyon. Some key departures for them were running back David Montgomery and offensive tackle Riley Reef. And some notable players that remain unsigned, there's really only one, uh, which would be wide receiver and kill Harry, um, who is a free agent. So, Joe, what grade do you give the Chicago Bears? Yeah, you know, I I love what the Bears have done this, uh, you know, offseason. They're getting my highest grade in an A+. You know, I love the move for them to – trade out of that first round pick. They got a good haul, including them getting wide receiver DJ Moore from the Panthers, which, you know, was a really solid move and the boost up their wide receiver room that desperately needed it. Uh, you know, they really just had Darnell Mooney. Then, you know, they had acquired um, Claypool from the Steelers last year as well. But other than that, they really had nobody else. Um, and then their linebacker room, you know, they let uh, Roquan Smith, you know, they got he went to ball they traded him to Baltimore last year, but then them getting Tremaine Edwards and TJ Edwards, you know, I really like that at the linebacker spot. And then um, you know, I like Deontay Foreman, who they also got from the Panthers, uh, you know, to add some running back depth. You know, I'd expect that they would uh, address that in the draft as well. Yeah, I also gave the Chicago Bears an A plus. I think they've really done a good job this offseason. I think that trade package uh, that they were able to agree to with the Carolina Panthers was probably the main reason why I gave them this grade. You know, I think DJ Moore is a very talented player. Uh, thus will by far be the best quarterback he's ever paired with. And honestly, the contract extension that the Panthers gave him that now the bears will be inheriting uh, is really a, you know, a generous, I mean, it's a decent contract. It's, it's not like an overpayment by any means. So it's a pretty favorable one that the bears are taking on and they're able to, you know, bring in a lot of draft capital. I really like Tremaine Edmonds, you know, as a bills fan, he, he doesn't always show up in the stat sheet, but he's great in coverage and he's still super young. Uh, I know they gave him a lot of money, but you know, he should really perform for them in the middle of that defense. I'm excited to see what Iberflus does uh, with him being the, the center of that defense. Uh, one, I guess, knock you could say about them, uh, you know, you kind of mentioned the Roquan Smith kind of, I'd say, snafu. Um, you know, I know they able to get, I believe, a second-round pick uh, for him when they traded him. Uh, but you just have to wonder would have been better off just to keep Roquan Smith uh, instead of having Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards. But in the end, I think their moves have just been overly positive. And even though they lost David Montgomery, um, I think they'll address that position. And I just don't think he was a fit for that team. Uh, they really have already kind of came out and said that he wasn't. And, you know, I don't think Khalil Herbert will be the one and only part of that offense. I think I said they'll bring a running back in during the draft. But overall, they've done a really good job. Yeah, definitely. I, 
you know, the like you said, the one confusing thing was definitely the Roquan Smith thing. Um, but, you know, I didn't have a problem with them giving Tremaine Edmonds a lot of money uh, just because they had so much money to come in with free agency. You got to, you know, you got to land some top-notch players. And, you know, they, you know, they overpaid, but they got their guys. Just wonder if, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know how it's possible, but maybe Roquan didn't fit what Eberflus wanted to do on defense. So transitioning over to the NFC South, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to re-sign cornerback Jamel Dean, linebacker Levante David. They also signed quarterback Baker Mayfield, defensive tackle Greg Gaines, and running back Chase Edmonds. Some key departures for them were defensive tackle Raheem Nunez-Roches and cornerback Sean Murphy-Bunting. Some notable players that remain unsigned for them are running back Leonard Fournette, offensive tackle Donovan Smith, which both were released by them. Defensive tackle Akeem Hicks, tight end Cameron Brait, wide receiver Julio Jones, and safety Logan Ryan. So what grade do you give the Tampa Bay Bucks, Joe? Yeah, I'm giving them a B minus. You know, um, with Brady retiring this offseason, it you know really uh, put a damper on their cap space with the amount of debt cap that they had to take on. Um, but, you know, I like that the players are able to bring back. I think that's big for them. And, um, you know, I think Baker Mayfield is a solid signing. We'll see, you know, who ends up winning the quarterback battle there between him and Trask this offseason. Um, you know, they haven't, like, uh, done any big additions, but they don't have the cap space, too, and I like the guys they brought back. Yeah, I'm with you. People don't realize the, uh, I'll say, the bill that Brady <laughs> left them with uh, because of the many restructures uh, with his contract, all the void money that he had remaining on his deal uh, you know, ends up hitting their salary cap this year. So I thought that they were going to have to make like a good amount of cuts and, and really just kind of retool this team because of it. But uh, I don't know how they did it, but they were able to do it, I think, very well without really losing anybody, I would think, too much of note. Um, keeping some of their main guys like Jamel Dean and Levante David, and I'm with you with Baker Mayfield. You know, We'll see. I, I don't know if he's going to end up being – a premier starter in this league. You know, I thought his career was kind of done. And then he really showed a lot of great flashes with the Rams, which is now giving him the opportunity to get another chance to be a starting quarterback. But for them and for this team, I don't really know what other option they could have went after because of their cap space conundrum they were in. So I think they it's actually going to work out mutually for both of them because Baker should have a shot. This could be the most talented offense he's ever been in, honestly, with you know Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. So you know we'll have we'll have to see, but I think it's going to be mutually beneficial for both. The Carolina Panthers have had a big offseason going up and trading for the number one overall pick, but they also signed wide receiver Adam Thielen, tight end Hayden Hurst, safety Von Bell, running back Miles Sanders, wide receiver DJ Chark, quarterback Andy Dalton, and defensive tackle Shai Tuttle. Some key departures for them were wide receiver DJ Moore, which they traded away in order to acquire the number one overall pick, quarterback Sam Darnold, and running back Deonta Foreman. Some notable players that remain unsigned for them is defensive tackle Matt Ioannidis. So, Joe, what grade do you give the Carolina Panthers? Yeah, you know, I'm giving the the Panthers an A. You know, I like the um, Von Bell signings, Miles Sanders, you know, the guy that's the guys that they've added. I knew David Tepper and is, is an aggressive owner and he wasn't going to sit around and, you know, wait for quarterbacks anymore. 
didn't expect that he'd go up to the number one pick, but you know, they did an aggressive move and you know, I'm excited to see who they take number one now. I honestly have loved what the Panthers have done. I also gave them an A. I'll explain why I didn't give them an A plus in a little bit, but you know, I, I agree with you. Be aggressive, get the guy that you want. It's the perfect combination of owner and head coach. I love the Frank Reich signing as, as their head coach and the staff that he's brought along with him, with quarterback Josh McCown being the quarterback coach, bringing in Deuce Staley. I, I just think the team that he has brought together in Carolina is, is a, a, just an exceptional staff. And, you know, he dealt with the carousel in Indianapolis, which eventually they booted him. Uh, so, you know, now it's like, you know what, I'm coming in. I want to get the guy I want out of college, you know, kind of develop him the way I want to develop him. So to me, I think it's a great move. And I love the additions they've made elsewhere. You know, I think Miles Sanders having that familiarity with Deuce Staley. I think, um, you know, they need a running back. I think he's he's a great player. DJ Chark has a lot of potential. You know, you've already heard, you know, Frank Reich say we really want to develop the route tree for him. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, his best years could definitely be ahead of him. You got a veteran like Adam Thielen and Von Bell who have been, you know, starters for a long time in this league that can bring that leadership and, and that production. So I really, really like what they've done. The only reason why I don't give them an A-plus is because in that trade, they do lose DJ Moore. It's hard to give an A-plus. Uh when you let, leave a, a cornerstone player like that. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, they had to do what they had to do to get the guy that they want, and I understand that. So that's why I give them an A. Yeah, yeah, the DJ Moore part definitely definitely was tough, but, you know, I think that's a small price to pay if you can find your guy in the quarterback of your future. That's first and foremost. And, you know, I think they filled in the pieces decently well, you know, adding DJ Chark and Thielen to the wide receiver room. You know, so I, I think they can weather that storm okay. The New Orleans Saints were able to reunite quarterback Derek Carr with his former head coach, Dennis Allen. They also signed running back Jamal Williams, wide receiver Brian Edwards, and safety Jonathan Abram. Some key departures for them were defensive tackle David Onyemata, linebacker Caden Ellis, defensive end Marcus Davenport, quarterback Andy Dalton, wide receiver Deontay Hardy, and wide receiver Marcus Callaway. And some notable players that remain unsigned for them are wide receiver Jarvis Landry, quarterback Brantley Roby, and running back Mark Ingram. So, Joe, what grade do you give the New Orleans Saints? Yeah, I'm giving the Saints a B for their, you know, offseason thus far. I I like them bringing in Jamal Williams. You know, I, I like him. I like his run style. And he's, you know, as it has a knack for falling into the end zone, as we've seen with the Lions. You know, Brian Edwards was interesting. You know, he's got that reporter with Derek Carr. Um, in, in, from the Raider days, he's never really been able to, you know, pan out from the hype that he got his rookie year. Interested to see what he does. And, I, you know, I like them bringing in Jonathan Abram. You know, he's not necessarily a household name in safety, but just like how he flies all over the field. And he's a very physical player. Curious to see if they end up possibly moving him to linebacker because that's the one that I think it just like he's a – I feel like he would be a great special teams player, linebacker, just the way he can flow and get to the ball and make tackles. But, you know, I, I don't love the Derek Carr signing, honestly. I, you know, I think he's a solid quarterback, but he's just never been able to really, you know, win the, win the big games or the, you know, teams that, you know, that he's been on, 
he's been on more talented Raiders teams, and they haven't won that many games, got to the one playoff game, and lost against the Bengals. See, I'm going to disagree with you there, Joe. I think we're going to find out who's right about this one. But I gave yeah. the Saints a B plus. I, I like the Derek Carr move. I, you know, reunite, I, Dennis Allen needed a guy like Derek Carr. Last year with the Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, Taysom Hill combo was not going to cut it. And Dennis Allen, this is his second go around as a head coach. You know, he was a head coach with the Raiders, did not fare well, drafted Derek Carr, you know, because of, I think, kind of him being good buddies with Sean Payton and knowing that organization, he was able to step in and be the head coach. But I think his seat's hot. And I think that he needed somebody like Derek Carr to come in and bring some stability to that offense. And honestly, the NFC South is really wide open. I think the Saints have a great opportunity. And I don't know how they do it. Mickey Loomis, I have to look at how he does things. But, man, that guy is like a cap master. Uh, All the gymnastics he does, they were way over the cap. For them to be able to pull a rabbit out of their hat, and get Derek Carr with that contract is something else. Um, really like the Jamal Williams signing with the Alvin Kamara legal troubles kind of, you know, hovering over this team and him. I think they needed a complimentary running back, and I think they're going to have to rely on Jamal Williams quite a bit next year. So really like that move. One thing I am kind of curious about, you know, I'm not a Michael Thomas fan. I think Michael Thomas is, uh, you know, <laughs> he just can't stay healthy. They were able to renegotiate a contract with him to be able to stay with the team. Now, that contract was really unfriendly. I thought he was going to be good as gone. I think they would have been better off just moving off of him, honestly, um, and just starting over. I do like Brian Edwards. Um, bring, bring some potential to that room. And when he was good, it was with Derek Carr. So I'm curious to see what ends up happening with the Saints uh, going into the draft here in the next few weeks. Yeah, it's going to it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how they add to the receiver room. I think that's, you know, one of their main weaknesses. They have a lot and then it's like they don't have much else. You know, I, I agree with you. I, I think they should have just moved on from Michael Thomas. I think it would have been a, a good separation for him to get a change of scenery and the uh, Saints just to move on to some newer, younger players. The Atlanta Falcons were quite active uh, this free agency period. Uh, some key additions for them, they signed safety Jesse Bates. We're able to re-sign offensive tackle uh, McGarry, uh, linebacker Caden Ellis. We're able to sign defensive tackle Calais Campbell and David Onyemata and quarterback Taylor Heineke. Uh, some key departures for them were former starter last year, quarterback Marcus Mariota, and a notable player that remains unsigned for them is linebacker Rashawn Evans. So, Joe, you thought pretty highly of the Falcons. What grade did you give them? Yeah, you know, I gave them an A minus for the moves. Um, you know, I really like them being able to get Jesse Bates. You know, their secondary was really bad. They needed somebody like him to be a difference maker there. Um, you know, and then getting I loved the Clayus Campbell move. Um he, he's an older veteran player who they could use their leadership on, especially, you know, in the locker room. They're a pretty young team and they're going to, you know, go with Ritter, young quarterback, so they're gonna need some veteran leadership. And then, uh, you know, I like them adding on Yamada, too, to that defensive line. And then you get uh, Taylor Heineke. You know, he's a solid backup quarterback in this league. He probably, I don't know if he'll ever get a chance to really be a, you know, a starter, but he's a solid backup and uh, brings a lot of, you know, fire and leadership as well. So I was just taking a little quick peek 
uh, of all of our grades as we've been going through it. And I want to say this might be the grade that I disagree with you the most on. Uh, I'm quite shocked that you give them this high of a grade. I, I gave them a B. I personally don't know what the Falcons are doing. I think that Arthur Smith's probably one of my least favorite coaches in the NFL. Uh, I just don't really know what plan that they're going with. Rashawn Evans had, I believe, over 150 tackles last year. They decide to not keep him and go with Caden Ellis. So maybe I'm not reviewing the tape correctly. I know they brought in a new defensive tackle, I mean, new defensive coordinator, excuse me, from the New Orleans Saints. So there's that familiarity with Ellis and Anyamata. And that's a part of the reason why they were targeted in free agency. So I get that. They have that familiarity with coordinator and player. Uh, I do like the safety Jesse Bates signing. I really do. I think he's a great player for them. Uh, but I'm going to disagree with you on the uh, Heineke move. Uh, I'm not a big fan of, of Ritter, and I think they need something more than Heineke. I think they should be getting a quarterback in the first round if it was me. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I just, to me, I, it's okay, and that's why I gave them a B. So I'm not necessarily I hate it. I just am shocked how high you grade them because, to me, I don't feel like they have a concrete plan. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what what their plan is. I, I you know, uh, it might not look like it, but I'm, I'm sure they do in the in the background here, you know. I, and they, you know, Rashawn Evans is out there. Uh, just because they haven't brought him back doesn't mean that they won't. But I think Caden Ellis possibly could be an upgrade from Rashawn Evans. I know he had over 100 tackles, but um, you know, you watch him play for the Saints last year, and he. He did a lot of he did a lot of good things for the Saints, and I like him as a player. Well, I guess you're a believer in their plan. I think they're flying by the seat of their pants, but we're gonna find out. <laughs> yeah, well, the, you know, one thing with Arthur Smith is that you know he likes to run the ball, so it might not necessarily matter, you know, if the who he's got back there at quarterback as much. So transitioning over to the NFC West, the San Francisco 49ers key additions were defensive tackle Javon Hargrave. Quarterback Sam Darnold, offensive lineman Jake Brendall, and kicker Zane Gonzalez, who they traded for. Some key departures for them, quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, offensive tackle Mike McGlinchey, defensive end Samson Abukam, defensive tackle Charles Omenahu, safety Jimmy Ward, cornerback Emmanuel Mosley, and linebacker Aziz Al-Shair. It's a lot of departures for the 49ers. Some notable players that remain unsigned for them are defensive end Kerry Hyder, cornerback, Jason Verrett and kicker Robbie Gold. So, Joe, what grade do you give the San Francisco 49ers? Yeah, giving them a you know a B minus for their offseason. Um, obviously, they were able to land uh, the best defensive tackle on the market, Javon Hargrave. Um, you know, I thought it was interesting. You know, them bringing in uh, Sam Darnold. Um, you know, we'll see. I I believe Brock Purdy is going to be the guy going forward. I don't know, you know, obviously he's going to be competing for one of the backup spots, but then also you're going to be interested to see what happens with Trey Lance as well. Um, that quarterback room certainly is interesting. You know, bring in the Zane Gonzalez. There's been a lot of kicker uh, moves this offseason, which has been, you know, pretty interesting. But, you know, I feel like, you know, their departures were kind of to be expected. You know, they were a team that didn't have a ton of cap space. They got a very talented roster. And they always seem to to figure things out when they lose people. 
Yeah, I mean, I I slight was there's a slight disagreement with you here. I gave them a C plus, only a little bit less. Uh, I agree with you. I think they weathered the storm pretty well. They did lose some key departures, in my opinion. I think that's where maybe I feel a little more stronger than you do. Uh, you know, guys like Aziz Elshire, they weren't starters for them, but I think you know, like Aziz Elshire could do really well with his next team. But I don't know, losing Mike McGlinchey, that'll be interesting. I mean, he was a really solid offensive tackle for them, and. You know, that's not easy to replace. I'm with you. It's sort of the Sam Donald signing is very interesting to me. I like it for him. Um, I just wonder what it means for the rest of that room. We already have heard conversation, uh, you know, from from their GM that, uh, you know, Purdy's pretty much got the job. Um, but then you got Lance, you know, with the high draft capital that they have with him and, and what chances he have. Does Darnold leapfrog him? And then if that happens, do they just trade Lance at that point? Uh, You know, just he's a sunk cost. You try to get as much as you can out of him. But with Purdy and that UCL, I think it's going to take a while for him to get healthy. So I I guess it's extra insurance for them. I'm I'm really curious to see how it all pans out. And then I do like the Hargrave move. That was a great move. Uh, That was their best move of the offseason. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I think the Sam Darnold move was a lot just an insurance policy with everything that happened to them last year, you know, in the uh, in the playoffs against the, you know, in the Eagles game where they just, Purdy gets hurt, Garoppolo wasn't available, you know, and then they're just kind of got two other guys who, you know, they just had on the had on the roster and then they also got injured. So definitely gives them more insurance with the Don, Darnold signing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that if I have all three, all three will be active every every game day for them. <laughs> Absolutely. The Seattle Seahawks had some key additions as well as some re-signings. They decided to sign cornerback Geno Smith to a long-term extension, signed defensive tackle Draymond Jones, safety Julian Love, brought back beloved linebacker Bobby Wagner, and uh, a reunion of defensive tackle Jerron Reed, and also signed linebacker Devin Bush. Some key departures for them were linebacker Cody Barton and running back Rashad Penny. Some notable players that remain unsigned for them are defensive tackle Shelby Harris, defensive tackle Puna Ford, and defensive tackle Quentin Jefferson. So, Joe, what grade do you give the Seattle Seahawks? Yeah, you know, I've liked what the Seahawks have done so far. I gave them an A. You know, they've had a solid offseason, you know, starting with uh, sharing up Geno Smith, who surprisingly had a really good year last year. Not sure anyone was really expecting that, possibly other than the Seahawks themselves. Uh, you know, I thought Draymond Jones was an interesting sign, signing for them. Uh, you know, he's a he's a player that, as long as he's been healthy, he's been really good. Of course, uh, from my fellow Bronco player, I really like uh, Julian Love. He had a great year last year with the Giants. You know, good young safety um, that they that they really could use. You know, with uh, the uncertainty they have with Jamal Adams and. His availability hasn't been the same the last couple of years. Bringing back Bobby Wagner, I think, was huge, especially after them losing Cody Barton. Bobby Wagner, I know he's old, but he can still play and he has an impact on the defense. I absolutely love what the Seattle Seahawks did. I also gave them an A. I was very close to giving them an A+. I think the key additions that they brought to this team, I think, are going to have an immense impact. And they really didn't lose all that much. You know, Penny can never stay healthy, and they already have Kenneth Walker. And then Barton goes, but you bring back Bobby Wagner. Uh, he, you know, I don't think they ever really should have let him go. Uh, you know, he, he had a great year with the Rams, but he's just one of those players that's just a cornerstone player. 
a guy you'd like to see just play from the beginning to his career to the ends of his career with the same team. So I think it's going to be great having him back with that leadership. Um, I'm also kind of interested about Devin Bush, you know, them kicking the tires on him with Jordan Brooks having that ACL tear. Uh, I think uh, he might not even play next season. So it's going to be an audition for him uh, to try to kind of recreate his value. So that'll be really interesting. Uh, but yeah, Draymond Jones is a great player. Like you mentioned, Julian Love had a great year with the New York Giants. Him coming in to that safety room is going to give them extra insurance. So overall, I, I really think they've done a great job. The one thing that I'm a little reluctant about is the Geno Smith contract. Now, I believe they can get out of it after a year. So, you know, essentially they're not going to be on the hook for, for very long. But I think it'll be interesting to see what they do with the draft. They've got obviously two first-round picks, one really high one because of the Denver Broncos trade with Russell <laughs> Wilson um, and then being in the, the top 10, which nobody was expecting. Um, they, to me, they need to draft a quarterback. Geno Smith is not going to be the quarterback that's going to bring him to the Super Bowl. Uh, he was able to bring him to the playoffs, but they need somebody who can take him all the way there. And if they do draft that quarterback, uh, and I like the quarterback that they draft after the end of all this, they will definitely get an A plus for the offseason. But I want to see what they do. Uh, but they're very close to getting an A plus in my mind. Yeah, to me, they got to take a quarterback at five. I mean, like you said, Geno Smith is basically, you know, this upcoming season, then they can get out of it. Um, and then really they've only got Drew Locke behind them. So they got to do something. And I, I would be absolutely stunned if they, if they didn't address the quarterback position at, at five. I think Anthony Richardson would be the, the, like a beautiful, like the cherry on top for this off season guy who can sit behind Geno for a year, uh, you know, be able to kind of work out, uh, and, you know, his accuracy issues or what have you and work with the coaching staff, kind of have that red shirt year. I think he would be the perfect fit for that team. Yeah, the question will be, will he last that long all the way to pick five? I mean, he's a guy that dazzled in the, the combine and kind of flew up on everyone's radar. I feel like, you know, I feel like somebody could draft him before five. The LA Rams had no key additions <laughs> to their team. Um, some notable departures, and they had many. They traded away cornerback Jalen Ramsey. They lost linebacker Bobby Wagner to the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, quarterback Baker Mayfield, safety Nick Scott, defensive tackle Greg Gaines, safety Taylor Rapp, and kicker Matt Gay. And some notable players that remain unsigned for them are defensive end Leonard Floyd, defensive tackle Ashawn Robinson, and cornerback Troy Hill. So, Joe, what grade do you give the L.A. Rams? Yeah, you know, I – Gave them a D minus. Um, you know, they, they haven't really done anything, but this is also the result of when you uh, trade away all your picks for a long time and don't have first round picks. And then you also just spend a lot of money year in and year out. And eventually, you know, you got to have one of these seasons where you just got to take things on a chin and let a lot of guys go and you can't really bring anyone in. So it definitely will be interesting to see what this Rams team looks like when everything's said and done at the start of the season. Are you taking notes, Joe, for your dynasty team? <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I mean, this is probably, yeah, what the Rams are doing this year, you know, I very well could be doing in the next couple of years. Absolutely. I've <laughs> kind of used their model of, you know, trading picks away and being very aggressive in free agency. You know, I just hope that, uh, you know, maybe this year or, 
yeah, this year's like my window. So if I can't get it done, then I'll be disappointed because at least the Rams got a Super Bowl out of it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I gave them an F for a grade. And I understand what you're saying and that the move basically it was a trade-off. The moves that they made allowed them to get a Super Bowl. So you're basically like, I accept it. But I look at this as a completely new calendar year. And as far as their performance this offseason, it's been absolutely abysmal. I mean, they have not added anybody to this team. They've lost key playmakers to this team, people that really make up their core. I have no idea why Sean McVay has come back. He was on the fence about coming back. I can't see how this team's going to be any more competitive. Matthew Stafford and his back injury – you know, looms large. He says he's coming back. He's not going to retire, but one bad hit for him, and he's he's going to you know retire. It'd be a career career injury. So, and then I don't even know why Aaron Donald wants to come back. Honestly, I can't see how this team's going to be able to compete. So, uh, I understand that they were up against the cap and their hands were kind of forced, uh, but I don't give them a pass for that. It'll be interesting to see if they can bring back guys like Leonard Floyd and Ashawn Robinson. I'm actually really surprised Ashawn Robinson's still out there. Uh, you know, not a maybe a household name, but it's really good uh, a run defender. You know, he doesn't get a lot of sacks or a pass rush. So I don't know, maybe they will be able to kind of do some patchwork and bring some of those guys back. But I can't see how I could give them anything better than that because um, they've they've done absolutely nothing. And now this team is, is hurting. Yeah, I, I do agree with you in the sense of I have no idea why Sean McVay would want to come back to this team, you know. And I think, honestly, I think Matt Stafford should retire. I, I don't know why he would want to come back um, to this team either. And with his with his neck injury and stuff, it's just too dangerous. I, you know, I think it'd be best for him and honestly, maybe best for the Rams if he just, you know, retired and doesn't put his life in danger. The Arizona Cardinals had some key additions to their team. They signed linebacker Kaiser White. We were able to bring back offensive tackle Kelvin Beecham an offensive lineman, Will Hernandez, and signed wide receiver Zach Pascoe. Some key departures for them were defensive tackle Zach Allen and cornerback Byron Murphy. And some notable players that remain unsigned for them are wide receiver Chosen Anderson. Yes, his name is Robbie Anderson before he changed his name to Chosen, just so we're, we're all aware. Uh, offensive lineman Rodney Hudson and defensive end Marcus Golden. So, Joe, what grade do you give the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, you know, I'm giving them a C minus. You know, a lot of it has to do with them moving on from Cliff Kingsbury and bringing in a new head coach and <laughs> getting it, maybe re-energizing that locker room that really needs it with some with some new life and new ideas. You know, I like that they brought in Kaiser White. You know, he's a talented linebacker that had a good year last year. Um, and then they, you know, they sure up the offensive line a little bit, which they needed to do with Kelvin Beecham and Will Hernandez. Um, Zach Pascal actually could be an interesting move for them in the wide receiver move. We're still waiting to see what's going to happen with DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and then from after that, you know, they've got Marquise Hollywood Brown and, you know, Greg Dorch, but Pascal provides a lot of uh, good potential there at the wide receiver spot. Yeah, I got to be honest. I think your grade is very generous to the Arizona Cardinals. I, I gave them a D minus. Uh, I'm with you. I think it was best than the move off of, of Cliff Kingsbury. I just think the tension 
was palpable between him and Kyler Murray. You know, as us fans watching the game, you can almost see it on the sideline. That's just not how it's supposed to work <laughs> between your franchise quarterback and your head coach. But I'm not convinced that Jonathan Gannon was the right guy. I think that, you know, he's he's a defensive mind head coach. So there's nothing wrong with a defensive mind head coach. But I just wonder if they should have tried to find a different offensive mind head coach to pair with Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray plays a different style of quarterback. And I think that's a part of the reason why Kingsbury was brought in. Uh, it didn't work. Uh, but I don't know if Gannon's the right guy for them. And so to me, that's a part of the reason why I give him this, this grade as well as, you know, losing Zach Allen, not a household name. He's a great player. Cornerback Byron Murphy He's a great player, but he's not a household name. They didn't really bring anybody in. And the other thing I really don't like about this team, and maybe they're tanking. They could be tanking this upcoming season to then maybe are they in, um, you know, maybe they'll have the number one pick in 2024. It's totally possible. But what doesn't make sense to me is Kyler Murray might not be able to play for most of the year next year. So they were not in the market at all for backup quarterbacks. I think they still have Colt McCoy on the roster, but are you really going to roll with Colt McCoy as your starting quarterback next year when Jonathan Gannon's coming out and saying they're going to try to still be a competitive team? I mean, Carson Wentz is still out there. Maybe they bring in a guy like him, but he brings a lot of controversy with him. So I just I don't understand what they're trying to do there, and it wouldn't make sense to me that they would want to be have a, have a top pick in 2024 because Kyler Murray, they gave that huge contract extension. I think Murray's their guy. So I'm a little confused by that. I don't think they're in the tank for Caleb sweepstakes. I was just going to say, I think they maybe are tanking for Caleb Williams. <laughs> um, that That's kind of what I'm wondering about as well. But then, but it doesn't make sense then with Murray in the mix. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think a part of the reason why you bring in a guy like Gannon is because you try to fix the offense and work with Kyler Murray because of that contract. I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I have my doubts on Kyler Murray. We'll see what happens. But, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, they have new coaching. They're going to have a new direction. And maybe Kyler is not a part of the plans. And, you know, it, it might be exciting if they do the tank for Caleb strategy. We all, we already saw, you know, the previous, before they had Kyler Murray, they drafted Josh Rosen high. Yeah. They, they draft Josh Rosen with the first round pick. Then the very next year they have the number one pick and they take Kyler Murray and, you know, they had Cliff Kingsbury thought they, that it was going to work out. So they've already shown in the past that they've been able to do that. So maybe tank for Caleb is their strategy. So that concludes our free agency grades for every NFC conference team. If you enjoyed this content, we encourage you to please like this video so others can find it and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've also recently joined Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so you can add us there as well. If you haven't already, check out our other video where we talked about the AFC conference teams. We're going to be talking about the offseason in length uh, as we go on here, and we'll give out grades uh, after the NFL draft and tell you what we thought, uh, how, how teams did based on who they drafted. But thank you so much for watching and until next time.